Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting tingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, let's go. Let's look at the show. We're riding through Wonderland of snow. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand. Just holding your hand. We're riding along with a song of a wintry fairyland. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy cozy, are we? We're snuggled up together like two birds of a feather would be. Let's take that road before us and sing our chorus song too. Come on, it's lovely weather for us. They ride together with you. There's a birthday party at the home of Farmer Gray. It'll be the perfect ending of a perfect day. We'll be singing the songs we love to sing without a single stop. At the fireplace while we watch the chestnuts pop. Oh, pop. There's a happy feeling nothing in this world can buy When we pass around the coffee and the pumpkin pie It'll nearly be like a picture print for career knives These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy cozy, are we? We're cuddled up together like two birds of a feather would be Let's take that prompt before us and sing a chorus or two Come on! It's lovely weather for us, they ride together with you. Good morning, Eastside. I'm so excited to be here again with you guys. I love being here with you. This is a very expensive saxophone I paid for from Chicago. So let's enjoy it for a few minutes because it cost me like $500. That's $5. These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives. These wonderful things are the things we remember all through our lives. Our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy cozy, are we? We're cuddled up together like two birds of a feather would be. Let's take the prompt before us and sing a chorus or two. Come on, it's lovely weather for us, they ride together with you. It's lovely weather for us, they ride, they ride. It's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Together with you. Thank you. Good morning. I'm going to be singing a couple songs off of my CD that I made several years back. Um, this is an old familiar tune that I know many of you know. It's my favorite. I'm just kind of indulging myself and hopefully you with some really lovely Christmas tunes that we're accustomed to. I hope you enjoy this one. I am dreaming tonight of a place I love even more than I usually do. And although I know it's a long road back, 
Another favorite, favorite song, probably my favorite carol. I have two. Um, we're going to light the Advent candle this morning. But the first Noel is one of my favorite. I learned to sing it in elementary school. I grew up in the Detroit area, and um, my, my, my music teacher's name was Mrs. Stein, Steinbrenner. And she said, I'm not Christian, I'm Jewish, but I love this song. So let's join together in this beautiful carol, um, the first Noel. Ha, ha, um, stand with me, please. 
But who would imagine a king, a shepherd or teacher is what you could be, or maybe a fisherman out on the sea, or maybe a carpenter building things, but who would imagine a king? singing your name that this world would be different cause you were alive that's why heaven stood still to proclaim one day an angel said quietly Soon he would bring something special to me And of all of the wonderful gifts he could bring Who would imagine, who could imagine, who would imagine Thank you guys. I am so excited to be here this morning and I'm mostly just so thrilled to be able to kind of introduce more of myself. Thank you for indulging us with those first two Christmas songs that are not really worship in nature, but man, do they bring back great memories. And um, I, I made a Christmas CD several years back. I recorded it live with this Anderson Symphony Orchestra, I was their um, guest, and then I um, went to Chicago and did five or six tracks with, as I mentioned, very expensive musicians <laughs> that clearly knew what they were doing. But I just wanted to kind of share a little bit more about um, why I'm here and what I've been doing. Um, my life has been a journey, and I thought I would kind of share some of that with you guys this morning. If you don't know what I do, um, I'm a professional um, musician, and I go into studios, and I sight-read music for print choral music companies. So whenever someone writes a piece of choral music, I record that, um, sometimes 10, 12 charts a day with several other people. My first session was in 1992. And here's what's so cool. When I was singing I'll Be Home for Christmas, this sort of feels like coming home. So I went to Anderson in a lot of years ago. Uh-huh. And um, let's put it this way. The choir company that I first worked for was Gaither Music before they sold it to Praise Gathering. So do the math and you'll figure out I'm almost 50. Anyway, <laughs> my first session was with... Um, 
Bill Gaither had released a second, um, he had released a second release of the musical Alleluia that he, I think, released in 1975 or something. So this was like roughly 1992. And um, I did my very first session then, and I was like, man, I really like this, getting paid to come in and read music and sing. I kind of want to do that. I was at Anderson University, and the way I got that job was I was attending Eastside here, and I was sitting there. A lot of college students sat in pews over here, and I sat over here, and um, I was very matchy-matchy back then. I had, like, gingham hats that matched dresses in the whole deal in, you know, early 90s. And um, after Jay Rouse had asked me to sing some sort of solo, and Bill was here, and that's how he heard me, and that's how I started in my career, really, in this auditorium or this sanctuary. And um, I ended up getting married in 1994 um, and started in ministry. My, my husband was a worship pastor. And we um, left here, went to Eastland Church of God in Kentucky, and then we moved to a church in Flint, Michigan, and down here to um, Northview Church in um, Carmel, Indiana. I have spent most of my life then in studios. I do background vocals. I work in Nashville. I work here. I work for different companies doing film score work. But really, I was married to a worship pastor, and that was really where I spent most of my musical time was in worship. While he led, I sang. But um, I, I was married for 23 years, and in 2017, my life took a huge twist and turn. In 2011, I had almost died of sepsis from an infection and had just a lot of struggle, but I started to question all of the constructs in my life that I knew before. When you kind of face death, you realize, hey, I really, do I really believe all this stuff I grew up in? And I began a quest then to really figure out who I was with Jesus and what that looked like. And um, I faced a lot of health struggles. That's what happens when you have sepsis. Several years it takes to recover. And I thought, okay, I'm good with God. My kids were becoming teenagers. I had a plan for my life. Um, we had looked at retirement properties. We had almost paid off our house. And on January 7th of 2017, my husband left myself and my kids. And we had been in ministry for 23 years. We had been married for 23 years. And he chose to live an alternate lifestyle. As you know, we were at a mega church of 10,000 people in, in Carmel. And it was quite the news all over. He had a nationally published book with a Christian publisher. We were touring. And I was doing more of more work. And it was I, I had this life, right? I went to Anderson. I met my husband. I was in ministry. I had two beautiful girls. I had a plan for my life. I knew where I was headed. We had just looked at retirement property in Hilton Head. We were just on our way. And I had known for some years that there was something not right in my marriage. It had been, that's a whole other story for another day. But the Lord, in that moment, um, it really just blew my mind. And one of the things that came to me was like, hey God, I did all this stuff right. I served you all these years. In fact, I was offered um, a full ride to Juilliard when I was 18 and I didn't take it because I had felt a call to ministry when I was 16. 
And here I was, not a pastor's wife. I had no money. I, in the state of Indiana, someone can just leave. They don't really owe you anything but child support. And my kids were right at the time that they were heading off to college. So I had no money. I had no retirement. <laughs> I had nothing. But let me tell you what happened. I looked at my life and it was such a mess. And then as a result, my kids struggled and are still struggling in some ways. It was such a tough time. And here's what happened to me. The greatest thing that ever could happen to me happened to me, and that was that I suffered. And I know that some of you think, what? What is that about? And I can only say to you that by losing everything that propped up my life, I was left with one thing, and that was God. And I never once thought of forsaking him through this whole process. There's a scripture in James, really the whole book of James, but James 1 that says, if you manage to stick it out through suffering and you, you stay loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. And there were nights of such pain, um, just so much. I'm an, actually an introvert, and so for my life to be very public and just everywhere that we went, my kids, we just had no privacy. I would lay the word of God on my chest at night and I would feel so much comfort. And I want to say to you this morning that if you're in two camps, if you're in the camp where your life still looks really good, I'm gonna encourage you to delve into this. I'm gonna call it a magical book even though it's not. It's so inspired and wonderful. The word of God saved my mind, it saved my life, it gave me hope all of the things that I thought were true that were not true. A lot of times when you're in a public situation, even in a church setting, and bad things happen to you, people sort of distance from, from you as well. So I felt this deep pain of like isolation and embarrassment and, and, and just so, so much humiliation. And the word of God was my constant. And I loved the book of First Peter, the book of John, especially Ephesians 3, and it says that God loves us so much. He loves us so much that he can do more than we can even ask or imagine. And during that time, God provided one thing after the other. He provided finances. He provided more work. I started working in Nashville and then just got hired to do Disney and different companies. I just began to say, God, it's all you. And I was so amazed to see how in my suffering, I was able to really grasp what it meant to have Christ's love for me. So I'm going to sing a song coming up, but I want to kind of show you and share what I sort of got in exchange for all of this suffering. Um, this song says, all I had to give was a broken heart torn apart. That's all I had to give. All I had to give was an empty hope and promises. But in return, he gave me joy that can never be told. And I'm gonna tell you that I smile more now that my life is a mess. I am so grateful for the gospel. If you don't know Jesus today, I'm asking you, I'm begging you, that I don't care if your life looks perfect and it all fell apart, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. 
It does not matter. The best part that God says is he says, it doesn't matter what sin you faced. It doesn't matter what sin someone has put on you. Abuse, if you've been abused, I know what it feels like. We get to exchange this mess for this gift of complete and total presence. Our identity does not rest in being pastor's wife, mom, singer, teacher, accountant, president, none of that. Our identity rests in this thing where Christ says we can come and we can be. <laughs> and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna save some of this for later, but I'm gonna go right into this song and just sing these words. And if you don't believe them today, this is a song I put on an old album that I have out there. And I feel like it is the best Christmas song. It's the best gift exchange that we can participate in. Ooh. Oh. All I had to give was a broken heart torn apart. All empty hope and promises but in return he gave me joy that can never be told and in return he gave me love that was more precious and go so whatever you have to give you don't have to be ashamed just come as you are and present it in Jesus name for in return of a torn life he'll give you life abundantly and in return of a raging storm, the Lord will calm the sea. So whatever you have, the Lord has so much more. So what do you have to give? didn't have a lot of gold position or money you didn't own wealth untold but I'm glad he didn't look on the things that I had but he looked and gave me all Turn! 
so good to know that no matter what happens in our life, um, several years ago, a year, about four months before um, my husband left, my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And shortly after, um, I, after that, I, I began to kind of ask myself, okay, Lord, like I've had enough and I'd kind of like a pass, you know? But I want to share some really fun, good news with you. Um, in, in, when I was 14 years old, I, was, I grew up in the Free Methodist Church. And I was 14, and I joined a singing group. And um, I met this, this person, this guy. Um, his name is Dave Watts. And I met him, and we became fast friends in high school. He was really tall and a big, giant nerd, and I was very serious, and he had a mullet, and he really liked hair bands. And I was very nervous because I could approve of Striper, but I was struggling with Motley Crue, you know what I mean? Because I was a really good Christian girl, and I was really smart, and I studied a lot, and he was a pastor's kid, and you know, those... I had to, so I know. Just kidding. Anyway, um, but this is Dave, and um, this is a picture of Christmas a year after my husband left. He's never been married and didn't have kids. And I made a list of all of the things that I had hoped that I would. I, I had a friend helping me through this and a coach, and he said, hey, you need to make a list of all of the things that you'd like in a, in a life partner. And I was like, I don't want another life partner ever again for as long as I live. You know what I'm saying? Um, maybe you don't, but trust me, that's how I felt. So anyway, I make this whole list, and I make it very specific, and I pray about it. And um, Dave's sister, I talked to her on Facebook, and I said, hey, how is Dave doing? Oh, he's doing great. And, you know, he's, you know, this, that, and the other. I was like, oh, I would love to say hi to him. And, like, three months later, I got a text. Like, she had passed the number on from him. And um, then we became more, more than friends. And um, you can go to the next slide. We got married. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, this is the coolest story. I bet you can't guess whose parents are whose. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so um, Dave's mom and my mom, um, so we grew up in the same denomination, and we went to church camp together. People sometimes outside the church don't know what church camp is, but, like, that's kind of how we met. Our moms became very close best friends through all of our high school and college years. His dad was a pastor, and here's what's so cool. We decided to have a wedding, um, a small wedding with just our parents because my mom is suffering from Alzheimer's so, so much that we knew when we had a wedding, it would be difficult for her to be there. So um, right on Thanksgiving Day in 2019, we had this little ceremony because we had a wedding planned for May 2nd, 2020, and it didn't ever happen, obviously. So God knew. And um, so then there, there, there we were. And then um, this is my two girls and Dave. Yes, he's six foot seven. He's very tall. Um, and let me tell you about this picture. 
you know, we snap these pictures on social media, right? And they, it all seems great. And life seems perfect. And this is still not perfect. This is still, trust is being built from having my trust broken all those years with my ex-husband. I'm still learning tr to trust this wonderful man. My girls are still filtering through their lives. My daughter on the left on May um, 2nd, the day that was supposed to be our wedding, she was struck by a car after an accident and almost died. She um, has a pretty serious health issue. And so I've had a lot of struggle in my life, um, but I can tell you this. I think a lot about Mary this time of year, a lot. I think about her. And, and that Christmas picture, you know, it's funny how people are with social media and things. I posted that and got like a million likes, but then if you like post a scripture about suffering, you get like five, you know? Because <laughs> people really want this, right? But here's the truth, the best news, the best thing to put on social media is like, hey, if your life's a mess, you've got Jesus. Hey, if you, don't, if you feel like you're a loser and you've, maybe you're the addict, maybe you're the one who leaves and you feel terrible about your sin, Jesus can exchange that sin for this joy and this hope and this identity that's only found in him. Our hope, our savior, our, our ability to be right with God, our ability to be right with others comes through Christ. Anyway, so I just, I'm just thrilled to have a great life, right? But it's still not perfect. It's still not perfect. And I'm so grateful for this wonderful husband and these children but it's still not perfect. And I want you to know that when you come in. And I wanna move on to this next song in a minute, and I, my last song, and I wanna just talk about, I identified that first Christmas alone after all those years of marriage was so hard. And I remember reading a story about Mary, and I had actually recorded this song with the Anderson Symphony Orchestra back in 2014, and had put it on my album, but I, I, I listened to it one day, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I, I'm not Mary, but I have something in common with her. When Mary became pregnant with the Son of God, it was pretty humiliating. <laughs> she had to tell this very, 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 very strict Jewish, you know, culture that, that an angel had impregnated her. I mean, you know, you think there wasn't gossip? There was. And the weight that she carried of that message. But I love this song for what it says. It's saying, be born in me. Make my heart your Bethlehem. And I'm just going to encourage you guys these next two weeks till Christmas to refocus, not on those fancy pictures and Christmas cards and perfect family gatherings, but on the hope that is Jesus. Everything inside me cries for order And everything inside me wants to hide Is the shadow of an angel or a warrior? If God is pleased with me, why am I so terrified? Someone tell me I am only dreaming. Somehow. 
Now help me see through heaven's eyes. But before my head agrees, my heart is on its knees. Holy is He, blessed am I. Be born in me. Be Thank you, Heather. Thank you for your gifts and thank you for your transparency.
I also want to thank uh, Pat and Judy Murphy and Pam Case for lighting the third candle, the Advent wreath for us, the candle of joy. And this morning, I, I, I thought it was really appropriate for Heather to tell her story on a Sunday that's designed to be marked by joy, simply because joy doesn't always come from perfection. In fact, joy doesn't even come from the pursuit of perfection. Joy comes from the presence of God. And on this Christmas season, I, I wanted to read for you the, the passage out of which we get the concept of joy at the birth of Jesus Christ. It was an angelic pronouncement, actually, but in such a unique place, much like what Heather shared with us, that, that in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the unexpected, God brings miraculous heavenly joy. Listen from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. In the same region near Bethlehem where Jesus had been born that night, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. You see, when we start understanding that the joy that was promised by the angels at the birth of Jesus Christ is not the joy that comes from the, the picture-perfect life, but is instead the joy that comes in the unexpected miracles. The, the miracle that the God of the universe would send his one and only son to be born a baby in a manger. The miracle that, that that baby being born would be announced not to kings and, and religious leaders and powerful people, but, but to a group of shepherds out in the fields watching the flock, the special flock I told you about last week that was prepping these lambs to be the sacrifice for the sins of the people. 
For these were the shepherds who watched the flock of sheep who would be brought into Jerusalem, which was not far from Bethlehem, to be sacrificed in the temple for the sins of the people. The miracle that, that these shepherds, rejected by society in many ways because, well, the nature of being a shepherd is not the cleanest and most prestigious job, that God would speak to them. Or maybe even the miracle that, that those shepherds, when they actually heard the announcement, would receive it in such a way that they would turn and they would go to see what had been told to them. Because you see, there are some of us, some of us who when we hear what God has done, we think, well, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. My life is too much of a mess. My pain is too deep. The abuse I've suffered has been too intense. There's no way that that, that could be for me. But miraculously, these shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing we've been told about baby lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths and they went or maybe it was the miracle the miracle that when they saw the baby they believed that what the angels had told them was correct and that this was the savior of the world and they went and they told other people about it and and maybe that was the greatest miracle that other people heard what a group of shepherds would say And they wondered at the working of God. This Christmas in 2021, as we're walking through another COVID surge, as we're walking through the the days coming out of or enduring a pandemic, however you want to approach it, I just know this. I know that there are people all around you and me who are longing and looking for the miracle of God. And I want to ask you, are you one of those people? If you are, as Heather said just a few moments ago, please, whatever you've got, broken or perfect, if you give it to God, he will do more in you than you've ever dreamed possible. He will heal you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will do a miracle in you. Oh, not the miracle of perfection. (laughs) That was reserved for Jesus. And by the way, he was the only perfect person to ever live, and humanity killed him. So it's probably not a goal for you to look for. But the miracle of the presence of God in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your pretend perfection, this Christmas, that miracle can be in you. And if it already resides in you, then as one who has journeyed with you in this journey of following Christ, I want to ask you. In fact, I think I want to do more than ask this year. I think I want to beg you. I want to beg you to reach out to the people around you, to be kind to the people near you, to speak positively into their lives, to let them know what you have seen, to invite them to share in the miracle of Christmas. Because wherever you are in your life and wherever they are in their life, all of us still need the same miracle. 
the presence of God with us. The scriptures tell us that name is Emmanuel, God with us. And on that night, so long ago, in a little town, in fields outside it, God spoke. And so this morning, I want to ask you, in these next two weeks, between now and Christmas Day, to become people of the miracle, to remember that night when Christ was born. And I'm going to ask you, if you would, to pray with me that God will give you courage to trust him if you're in the midst of the pain, and that God will give you courage to share if you're in the midst of his presence. And then I've asked Heather to come back and share a song that quite honestly, you will never ever hear the same way again after you hear Heather sing this song. Let's pray together. Abba, Papa, Heavenly Father, on the night of that first Christmas, so much changed in the world. The miracles kept coming, and they keep coming now in us when we trust you, when we allow you, as Mary did, to be born in us, to change us, to make us new and fresh. So whether someone is with us on campus today or whether they're with us online or whether they're watching later this week on demand, my prayer for whoever hears my voice right now is that they would know that this Christmas you are there for them and that you are here for the world. And that it wasn't just one night a long time ago that was holy, but that it's every night when we trust you with everything we are, that the holy becomes real in us.
Peace.